Hey, what's up, everybody? Keith here with the Arnies. We are back this week talking The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5. I am joined here with my buddies, Austin Terry and Matthew Johnson. Well, we may be the Arnies, but of course, another episode of The Mandalorian, which can only mean one thing. It's time for another episode of the podcast within the podcast, The Mandos Talking to Lorian. Now, I think the first half of the title works just fine. You know, The Mandos, people are called Mandos in the show, but you know, once we get to Talking to Lorian part, that's when the title kind of falls apart. But you know what? We've been using it for a while now, and I think it, it is what it is. You know, when, like we said, when WandaVision comes out, we're going to be the Wandas talking the Vision. When Stranger Things comes out, we'll be the Strangers talking the Things, which actually saying that out loud, that actually sounds pretty good. And when, I don't know, when the Big Bang Theory has like some reunion episode, even though I've never seen it, it'll be the Big Bangers talking some theories. So what are we going to do for the Witcher? Uh, you know, we'll be the Henrys talking the Cavill, but you know. We'll be the Witches talking the Hers? No. You just said the full title, then the <laughs> second part of the, of the thing. <laughs> Witcher, that one's going to be bad. That title we can't use. We'll have to come up with something else. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. The title, is there issues in it? Of course. But are there issues with us? Absolutely not. I'm doing great, Keith. Thank you for the intro. Austin, come on in here as well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I guess I am Austin. I guess you could refer to me as Send, though, as well. And I'm so happy to be joined by my pals Ruto and Kenth, if we are using our <laughs> Star Wars name today. Yeah, for those that did not listen to our previous episodes, we did the Star Wars name generators to figure out who we would be. Austin, of course, is Sen Vonden. I'm Ruto Order. And yes, I was really happy with the first part of that and then a bit disappointed that my last name is just the word Order. And Keith, I think people are kind of sleeping on this. This We did a Star Wars name generator. Star Wars. I mean, go look at that right now and see how ridiculous most of those names are. And Keith ends up with a name that is one letter away <laughs> from his actual name. And we also never actually figured out how to pronounce his last name. It's Kenth Hamney or Hamney. I'm not sure. Either way, it's not a great name, but it works for Keith. <laughs> It'll be a Lando sort of thing where it's everybody else pronounces uh -huh. it Han, and but Lando pronounces it and so I like that. Everybody I like else that. will say Hamney and then Lando will say Hamney. Hamney. <laughs> I like it. I like that. So there you go. There you go. Uh yeah, so before we jump in guys, let's go ahead and kind of just give some quick thoughts on season two so far up until this point. Yeah, Austin, why don't you give everybody a quick reminder? What are you thinking so far of Mando season two? Yeah, I think so far I've been the hit or miss on kind of every other episode so far. I think there have been some super just stellar episodes this season. And then there also have been a, qu a couple episodes that haven't really worked for me. Last week, I said I wasn't liking this season as much as the first season. I think I may have spoken too soon because after this week's episode, I got to say I was blown away. And I am thrilled with this season now. I think there may have just been one or two miscues for me. And I was feeling a little bit more down last week than I am this week. And I'm back on board. I'm loving season two so far. I love it. I love it. Keith, what about you? Are you right there with Austin? Do you disagree? Where are you at? With my same recap I gave last time, uh, I know we had some issues with the side stories. But, you know, my point was that as long as the side stories go somewhere, I'm cool with it. And I think so far, all the side stories have been good. The main story is still on track. So, so far, it's going okay for me. Yeah, and I like what you said there, Keith, because every side story so far has taken away from the main plot, but then it's also brought us into 
a, a really thriller main plot. So as long as these star stories like take us away, do something cool, and then we're back into the main plot, which is kind of the trend for this season, I'm all for it. So let's keep doing that. Matt, what about you? Yeah, I'm really happy with this season because I really was not looking forward to doing this review series because I just, to put it simply, really didn't like season one of The Mandalorian. As I've talked about a little bit on this show, I thought the first episode of season one was awesome. And then I kind of just felt like it didn't really go anywhere until the finale. Whereas here, I just have been pretty blown away, to be honest with you. I think the first episode was a bit long. That was really my only issue with it. But other than that, I feel like it got us off to the right point. And yeah, for whatever reason, last season, I was annoyed by it. But this season, I've been liking the side stories. Like Keith and Austin mentioned, I like that at the very least, even if a whole episode goes by without some major development, we are getting little bits and pieces of the background. And it is it does go somewhere. And this episode was certainly no exception. I thought this episode was just amazing. So I, yeah, it's nice to like actually be a fan this time around. Whereas the last time I was like begrudgingly watching it, this time I'm actually... I've become a fan of the show and I really, really like it. Yeah, I, th- I think I have been the one that's been kind of the most down on this season. And I was thinking about it this week and I think really what it is is the premiere really, really did leave a sour taste in my mouth for the show and it's taken me a few episodes to get over that. Um, but after, I mean, the past few episodes have been great and I think I am finally over that and just really, really enjoying the season now. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's episode five. So I think we're at the point that we were hoping we'd be at where, you know, we're past the halfway point. We can actually see the finale now. And it's kind of feels like it's really just moving along in a good way. So hopefully they keep the momentum going. You know, we have three episodes and this episode kind of ended without any spoilers yet. It ended with a pretty clear goal. So I'm really curious what will happen over the next few episodes. Will that just take a long time to do? Will there be some side stories? I don't know. But either way, I'm along for the ride. Why don't we each say one quick non-spoiler sentence on our thoughts on episode five, and then we'll throw up the spoiler warning. All right. If I had to give my quick recommendation without any spoilers, I would say you got to watch season two, episode five of The Mandalorian, because it's fucking badass. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, mine's not too far from that. This this episode's badass, and I think it definitely integrates some new stuff that the Mandalorian brings to the table along with some old nostalgia from Star Wars. I'm going to go even further than the both of you. The Mandalorian season two, episode five is the best episode of the entire show so far. I think I'd agree with that. I think I'd agree with that for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so spoiler warning. Yeah. Stop us right here. Go watch the episode. Cause we are going to continue here, not worrying about spoilers and then come on back after you finish season two, episode five. Well, now that we're in spoiler territory, Keith, can we reveal the title of this episode? Yes. The title of this episode is called The Jedi. Dude, when that popped up- Hell yeah. I tried to check IMDb before this episode dropped and it was still blank. And so I didn't even know the title of this episode until it popped up while I was watching it. And whenever that happened, I was like, "Ooh!" (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a simple title, but it it speaks volumes for sure. Well, and- and we're going to get into it, man, but I feel like love or hate this show at times, they always knock it out of the park with uh, those title like pop-ins, the way that title card comes in, and it usually just gives you a pretty clear taste or idea of what the main focus or story is going to be. But this one was a bit different because we got a hint of the title before it even happened. We saw her in action, and then to throw it up there just as a, yeah, we're doing that, we're showing that, I was like, this is fucking awesome, dude. Uh, 
So, so this was great. And, you know, we have, again, we've talked about it before, and I will say, we'll get into this more, but after this episode, I'm definitely, 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 once this show is done, I'm going to go back and watch Clone Wars and Rebels on Disney+, Plus because I've been waiting to do it. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah. We have a bunch of ties this episode, but the big one is that this was directed by Dave Filoni, who is the executive producer and also helped create the, create the show with Jon Favreau, but he directed this one. Seems very understandable since he created both the Clone Wars and Rebels. It kind of makes sense why he would want to have a big hand in this one. Written by John Favreau and Keith. Run us through that cast. Yes, we got some new faces here. Obviously, Pedro Pascal is back as the Mando. And we got Miss Rosario Dawson as yeah. Ahsoka Tano. And then we also have Michael Bean as Lang. And then we also have Deanna Lee. Inosanto as the magistrate. So right off the bat, we got a big name in Ashoka, which is Rosario Dawson playing that character. Just really quick, what do you guys think? I thought she knocked it out of the park in this episode. I thought she was great. Obviously, I can't compare it too much to the previous incarnation. Obviously, a huge deal for some fans. This is the first time this character has been introduced in live action. So like when it comes to the way she looks and the actual voice, I don't know if it really is supposed to sound like the previous animated version, but... Either way, I thought the makeup, the way she moved, the dialogue, and just Rosario Dawson's performance was, I thought it was just awesome. I, I loved it. From what I understand, I know she, I know in the series, that, like the animated series, I think she's a little younger, right? Like this show takes place a little further after uh, the animated show. So she's like a little bit more younger and cocky, right? In the animated show. So I guess it would make yeah. sense if Rosario Dawson plays her a little bit differently than in the show. Yeah, That's true. Because the animated show is in the clone, during the Clone Wars. And she's and just a Padawan. Yeah, and this one's after the fall of the Empire, so we've already had, like, four movies timelines go by since this. I mean, for fans of Clone Wars and Rebels, they've seen her throughout countless episodes of two separate animated Star Wars series at this point. And this one is, timeline-wise, this one would be the furthest along, because this one's now after Return of the Jedi. So, I can't even imagine being just a huge fan, like, watching this. It's like, not only are you seeing this character in live action, but you're also getting to see like their story being forwarded past a point that you got to see previously. So, and for me, it was, it was just cool because watching the show, like I know, like you guys, they've really, I think done a really good job of building up this character, even though we haven't seen this character in other Star Wars media. I just think they did a good job of like Bo-Katan in the other episode, like building up, like this is the person you need to find. It was like, Oh cool. What does that mean? And then actually making it to this point, it was a great payoff for sure. Well, all right, let's get into a quick plot summary here and then we'll jump into our discussion. Yeah, so the Mando and the child arrive at Corvus. The magistrate there offers him a contract to kill Ahsoka Tano in return to receive a Baskar spear. Uh, so Mando tracks down Ahsoka and the two strike a deal. The deal is that Mando will help Ahsoka defeat the magistrate and in return Ahsoka will train Gro- Grogu. Mando and Ahsoka defeat the magistrate's forces. In the process, we learn that Ahsoka is hunting the Grand Admiral Thrawn after the battle Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu, but instructs Mando to travel to the planet Tython, which is the home of the ancient Jedi Temple. There, Grogu can choose his own path and attempt to reach the other Jedi with the Force. That summary makes me want to go back and watch this episode again. I've already... I watched this episode... Just to give context, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving. I went into an immediate food coma last night, was asleep hard by 9 (laughs) p.m. I woke up at 5 a.m. fully rested. The first thing I did was watch this episode. So 
throughout the day, I've already gone back and watched like action clips and little moments like, God, this episode was good. And that's a great point. Let's talk about the action here. Because I mean, is this some of the best Jedi fighting we've seen in all of Star Wars in this episode? Oh, I think it might be. It's it definitely so the best good. double lightsaber fighting we've seen. Oh, oh hell it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was just, it just felt like it was firing on all cylinders. Because not only was it a badass character reveal, not only was the lightsaber choreography really cool, but also they just incorporated this whole idea that Corvus was this forest planet, but this part of it that they're on has been burned down. So there's just smoke, and then that combined with all the gunfire, there's just all this fog, and Ahsoka basically only turns on her lightsabers to kill, and then immediately turns them off to blend back into the smoke and move to a different part and kill someone else. Like She's like, she looks like a nightmare for these soldiers. Like, she's just appearing out of the fog, killing people, and then diving back in. Like, the, the soldiers themselves look terrified when they're just out in this forest. And she's yeah. dismembering people. There, there's a scene where she <laughs> takes out both of her uh, double, she takes out her lightsabers and then does an X slash on a guy starting at his shoulders and going through his like body. So yeah. we see it from afar, but clearly that mm-hmm. guy fell apart into five different pieces. <laughs> and her, her, uh, her sabers being like a whitish gray color makes her even blend in better to the fog. Like it looks, it looks cool. It's, it's nothing that we've seen before in Star Wars, I don't think. Yeah. In, it was... in terms of lightsaber fighting. It was awesome. It definitely, yeah, I think she established herself as a badass real quick. And you can tell that she can definitely take out that entire village if she wanted to. The only reason she's not is because, you know, of what she stands for and everything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, those guards were no match for her, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But also another cool thing about it was not only how it looked, but what it meant. Because I don't know how how you guys felt, but as we've talked about, this show typically goes one episode is story focused. The next one is a side story. Next one's story focused. So when this one started, based on the last one, I was like, okay, this one's probably going to be story focused. I would assume we'll see Ahsoka here. But part of me, maybe it's the cynic or just the way like most shows work is I kind of thought, you know, maybe it'd be that thing where they finally get to Corvus and the whole episode is like, where's Ahsoka? And then maybe the final, like the final scene is like a Mando's in trouble and then a hand reaches down. It's like, I'm Ahsoka. I'm here to help. Like, I kind of thought that's what we were in for. But no, this episode starts and she's immediately just in the middle of a fight. So I loved how there was never a question of if Ahsoka would show up or when. Like, this episode just kicks off with this amazing lightsaber action sequence. So, And then it just went for the next 40 minutes without any fluff for once. And I just felt like everything was so interesting. And this was just a perfect start and... Wow, what an opening, as we talked about. And I think this might be the either the longest or second longest of the season. I know the first episode, I think we all kind of agreed it was too long because there was quite a bit of fluff in that first episode. So this kind of just shows that there is a way for these episodes to be a full hour long and still be engaging and entertaining without all the fluff. Yeah, I mean, compare this with the premiere episode, which was like this weird kind of combination of story continuing from season one, but also giving Timothy Oliphant's character this like this full background that maybe we didn't need all of, and then also going after the crate dragon. It was like combining all these elements that probably could have been tied together better, whereas this one was probably almost just as long, but it just felt like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Dave Filoni's direction. Maybe he needs to be more involved, but it just felt like they kind of really nailed the pacing here. Dave Filoni and Bryce Tellis Howard. Let's let those two direct every single episode. They can just alternate. You can keep John Favreau as the writer. Yeah, John Favreau writes, and then yeah, they just alternate directing, dude. That would be so good. 
Who directed the first uh, episode of the season? Who cares? They sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, my point. The point. I, I think it. Say, I think it was John Favreau. I'll double check. I think it was John. Favreau. It was. It was. It was written and directed by John Favreau. I mean, last week's episode. Directed, was directed by Carl Weathers, which is pretty impressive for him. I've really, I've, I've liked all the direction, uh, but I do, I do get Austin's point that definitely the Bryce Dallas Howard and this one were my favorites. So I get it. Oh, yeah. I will say, I will say though, just as a quick tease, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, the guy that directed Dope, and he also directed the Bill Burr like heist episode last season. He has one coming mm-hmm. up this season, so I'm looking forward to that. That is a cool thing about this show is they do let a lot of varied they do let a lot of directors with varied skill sets come in and direct uh, individual episodes. Even people making their directorial debuts like Carl Weather as well. So that is kind of a cool thing about this show. And honestly, it's almost what they wanted to do with the newest trilogy too. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And they're bringing back what worked. Like they listened to, well, I guess, what episodes really did well last season. The ones that people responded to and are like, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Famuyiwa, they like directed episodes people liked. Let's bring them back this season to direct another one. So I like that they're kind of, you know, responding to that as well. So Ashoka gives some backstory on Grogu. And we find out his name is Grogu, and the, uh, the history of the Jedi Temple on <laughs> Coruscant. <laughs> so we found out he's Grogu. We found out the uh, like she kind of talks about the history of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but I was kind of hoping her, you know for her to shed some light on her personal journey because I know from the Clone Wars, from what I've seen, that the Jedi Plo Koon was her was kind of one of her mentors slash masters. Yeah, more specifically. I was wondering, like, what happened to her once Palpatine executed Order 66 for all the clones to start killing the Jedi? Like, where where was she at in all this? Right. And on the one hand, it would have been cool for people like us that are a bit more casual fans to get a, just a little bit of that. But at the same time, I do know that they do go into that in Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, I know Clone Wars, the series ends with Order 66. So we see how Ahsoka escaped that. And then obviously she comes back in Rebels, which takes place like pretty close to the start of a new hope and she's in that. So I get that. But to the same point, so I guess I guess that makes sense why they didn't go into it too much. But to that point, Keith, and we'll talk about it a bit more because we're gonna talk a lot about obviously the child slash baby Yoda slash Grogu now we can call him. But I mean, how did we feel about the reveal? Because I don't know if people expected this or that was or this was a thing people assume, but I didn't expect that he was like I get timeline wise it works, but still I didn't expect that the reveal was that he had been trained during like you know the prequels like that time like he was on Coruscant yeah he I was didn't at the temple him to have a connection to Coruscant which I thought was interesting and not only that that means that I guess like while Order sixty six was happening presumably somebody maybe somebody we know maybe somebody we don't was able to get him out of that situation so. That he wouldn't die. So well, and it, it kind of seemed like Ashoka knew him in a way as well. Like I know she said they had a connection to the Force, but it, it almost seemed like she remembered him being on Coruscant because I think she said he was hidden away when when the Jedi Order fell. So it almost seemed like she knew a little bit of his backstory too. I I think we're gonna if they if they go into Ahsoka anymore in this series, I think we're gonna find out a lot more with her connection to him because she she was trying to tell the Mando like oh we just had this connection like through the Force that he's telling me about all this. I think she knew him before, and that she's just not giving all the information up right now. I think so too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I like that. I didn't. I didn't read into it that way personally. I kind of. I. I guess I just bought into it that like that was just them connecting for the first time, but that could certainly be. Also, I. What did you guys think about the line that, 
you know, he was trained by multiple Jedi Masters. I mean, you got to expect a Mace Windu, um, Yoda. Yeah, I, mean, I would assume Yoda. You would have to think. But then it also brings Qui-Gon? up Qui-Gon? Maybe yeah. some Qui-Gon action in there? I would hope so. But it also brings up the question of, this must have been happening in secret, right? And why? Like, why was yeah. this being being trained seemingly in secret maybe not but it, it kind of seems that way and then hidden away the obvious would be that nobody wanted people to know that there's a second yoda in a i sense. guess that would make sense i guess that would make sense because she mentions remember like when they're having that conversation about the force and all that and he was saying how oh he has he's done things that i can't believe and all that uh conversation but and she mentions during that there was only one other of his kind and that was master yoda um, obviously, we know Yoda was like one of the most powerful Jedi's, so the people of his species somehow has a higher midichlorian count, maybe? I don't know how that works. An M count? Yeah, I have no fucking <laughs> idea, man. Yeah. But either way, it's cool as shit. <laughs> and since we're on the subject of like conversations, there is also an earlier conversation in this episode where the magistrate, she says the Jedi are the sworn enemy of the Mandalore. So do you right. think that is just a throwaway line? Like I, I don't think we knew that up until this point. So do you think a uh, factor later in the show, like we know Bo-Katan's trying to take back the planet Mandalore, uh, do you think that's just a throwaway line or do you think we're going to see more of that in this in this series play out? I don't know. I do. We were told like in season one about like how the kind of underground Mandalorians that our Mando came from, you know, they, to them, the Jedi were just myth and these sorcerers essentially. But you know, I don't know. I don't know how much we'll go into it. I do know that Ahsoka, based on the shows, has obviously a connection to Bo-Katan. I think at some point in the show, we're going to see the retaking of Mandalore, I have to imagine. We'll see our Mandalorian. We'll see Bo-Katan. I probably Ahsoka come back. So I think I think we're in for that in the future. But there, there's a lot going on that I, I don't know, like the timeline-wise, of like what's going to happen and when, because now there's like so many different storylines kind of in the pipeline. Well, and since we are kind of at the midpoint, we might be getting some of these answers in the next few episodes as well, because I'm sure we are headed for another side story, and some of these side stories may reveal some of these kind of smaller plot points that we're asking questions about as well. Yeah, but I like we're asking questions, because I feel like the three of us were asking questions both in season one and earlier this season, but we were annoyed by it. But now I'm asking questions, but I'm genuinely interested in the answers. Even if I don't like them, I'm just happy I'm asking questions I'm excited about. Even though I haven't seen the animated shows, I'm so happy they're bringing these characters in and some of these elements into the show. Because, I mean, they, there's endless possibilities of the show. Like, they can do so much. And I think in season one, it kind of felt a little limited in what they could do. But now that we are kind of tying it into the smaller segments of the Star Wars canon, it feels like they have just endless possibilities to go with the show. This episode kind of proved it. I would have never thought we were going to get an episode like this with a, an actual Jedi coming in this soon and revealing a backstory of the Jedi Temple and Coruscant and Yoda and and all and parts of the original story. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, we have we have even more Grogu stuff to talk about because I mean we we just ran through that backstory, but obviously there's some other interesting stuff here because since Grogu slash the kid slash Baby Yoda, we have to do all these slashes now when we say his name. But um, because he can't really talk to the Mandalorian, there's always been some kind of interesting elements but it's crazy that they're bringing up stuff that we kind of criticized earlier in the season for example i i was so harsh in the second episode about him eating these eggs and it's like oh that's so weird i don't like that but in a weird way i mean we really go into a lot of this anger resentment fear like then we go into the negative aspects of this character and the mindset and 
they'd use Ahsoka to tie that to Anakin. And the reason that we can't train characters like this because of their vulnerabilities. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so well handled. And I was so fascinated. I love that they used Ahsoka as a means to kind of tie that back to the prequels and other stuff. How'd you guys feel about that? Because I mean, I mean, we didn't, we didn't get the Anakin name drop, but it was pretty clear what she was talking about. So what did you guys think? Well, I really like that she said that he views you as a father. Yeah. And that really does kind of make me think about how the Jedi's really were only uh, bringing in orphans to train because they don't have any connections to parental figures like nobody out there really attached to. So I, I thought that was really cool that she brought that up. I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, that was always something that in the past I kind of laughed off. And at times I almost criticized because I was like, I mean, what? how does this work? The Jedi just fly around the galaxy looking for orphans that they can take in. Is that how this works? Is that is that their strategy? And I made fun of it, but um, at the same time, it kind of makes sense. I mean, look at Anakin. The second he had an opportunity to go look into what happened to his mom, it's like his response was not only to kill her captors, but he just didn't know how to react, and he lashed out, let the anger take him over, and he killed an entire village. Um, he killed the women and children too. <laughs> I knew we were going to get. I that. slaughtered <laughs> them like animals, <laughs> but um, it's not obviously it's the same thing here. I mean, Ahsoka is legitimately like, I can't train him. What are you talking about? I I can't do that. I mean, he thinks of you as a father. He's vulnerable, and he is already consumed by fear and anger because of his past. So if something ever happened to you, I mean, he's gone, and it's kind of like okay. It kind of gives like Keith mentioned. It gives cool feelings of both satisfaction for this show but also nostalgia for previous elements that weren't explained so well so i just i was like wow like they really tied up some cool bows here so i feel like up until this point we've kind of been overly positive on this episode which i think is certainly warranted however there was one negative i would like to bring up here maybe this is just my role for the series is pointing out some negative stuff um but were you guys hoping for a little bit more like resolution or closure with ahsoka because we do finally meet a jedi and she so far is the only other force sensitive being that we've met for the show and i know we've had a ton of questions about baby yoda and where the story is going and while we did get some interesting stuff about his backstory it feels like really the only concrete new info we learned is his name which is grogu so were you guys hoping that we were going to get a few more questions answered with her because she does kind of just send us on our way to another planet that's a good point, yeah, because, I mean, that's a big that's a big card to play, throwing in a Jedi on this show, especially a Jedi that's tangled with the the, uh, the main Star Wars trilogies. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we did kind of, I didn't really think about that. We just left her there, and it was like, oh, it was cool, she came in. No, it was awesome that she came in. We want more, we want to see more of her. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if we got enough resolution or not, Austin. I think, without a doubt, the ending was the worst part of this episode. Um, I didn't think it was bad, but it certainly stuck out to me as forced and a bit awkward because it's it's just tough, man. Whenever because we, the audience, for all of season one, all of season one, we were like, "What's it gonna be like when Baby Yoda meets another Jedi? That'll be cool." And then at the end of season one, they actually told us, "Okay, Mando, your mission: get this thing to a Jedi." It's like, okay, cool. And now it's taken over half this season for the characters in the world to be on board with the audience to try and get this, you know, baby Yoda to a Jedi. So this episode that finally happens. And so to Austin's point, it is a bit weird that it ends with, here's your next mission. You know, it, it, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of a tough pill to swallow. I think they handled it as best as they could. 
And it's also worth mentioning, even though this was the goal, is there ever going to be a version of this show where Mando passes off the kid to a Jedi and then the rest of the show is just him? You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah, and I didn't think that was going to happen. Right, Maybe but, that's possible to happen for like a two-episode arc. Right. Um, certainly, right. I did not think he was going to be leaving the kid with Ahsoka. I didn't think that. I just thought we would get... A few more questions answered. Maybe Ahsoka says like, hey, come with me. We can go to another planet. And then she's with him for a few episodes, you know? I feel like it almost would have... It would have felt better if it ended with... The ex- the episode plays out the exact same. You can even have Ahsoka be like, look, man, I know I promised I would train him based on like you helping me take out the magistrate, but I can't. Like, straight up, I cannot do it. Um, but you know what I will do? There's this planet called Tython. I'll take you there. Like, let's go there. Yeah, I'll hop on your ship. We'll go there. I'll show you where it is and kind of what to do, and we'll Especially see what since happens. I'm a Jedi, and this is an ancient Jedi temple. Maybe right. it'd be helpful if you have a right. Jedi with you. I think it would have yeah, felt right? a she bit. Just sends them yeah. like, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> the pill would have been a bit easier to swallow if Ahsoka had gone, because now it feels a bit like we finally, after I guess what at this point, so many. I mean, the entire show after all these episodes, we finally found a Jedi, and then the episode just ends with. Okay, Mando, here's your next mission. Take him to the Jedi Temple. And it's like, okay, I mean, that was cool. So I agree with you. That was certainly the part of the episode that stuck out the most. It felt a bit weird that we're getting sent on another mission. But I'm excited for that mission, by the way. But it it, it was a bit awkward. I know we've kind of danced around this a little bit throughout this little bonus series, but... This is really starting to feel like an open world video game where you walk up to different characters and it's like, here's your new task. And then you just get a new quest added to your your inventory log. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you would think his reaction to her would be, what the type, fuck? Yeah, it would be a, a bigger, <laughs> more angry reaction. Instead, he was just like, all right, guess I'm on to the next one. <laughs> you know, but I would have been like, what the hell? Or no, Keith, you know me, like in the middle ground, I'm like so helpless sometimes. My reaction would have been like, okay, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not familiar with Tython. I, that's, thank you for explaining what to do. A standing stone, check. I'll, I'll find the standing stone on top of the mountain. But a I mean, are, are, are you doing anything here now that you, you beat the magistrate? Like, can you come with me? Can you show me what to do? Like, it's kind of weird that, like, he just flies off and then she just walks back into town. Like, he didn't even ask. Like, can you come with me? Like, what are you doing here? (laughs) So, like we mentioned, this is a bit surprising, right? Because this kind of feels to me, this episode feels like the the penultimate episode to a season. I feel like we should only have one episode left, but we have three left. And I assume, maybe it's just me, I don't know how you guys feel, but... It kind of feels like they're setting up Tython, like the arrival there and kind of getting to that seeing stone, seeing what Grogu does with the Force. That feels to me like the finale, but because like, I feel like I can picture whatever Jedi comes to answer the call is going to be some huge reveal. Maybe the final moment, like maybe de-aged Mark Hamill comes out as Luke Skywalker to be like, Grogu, I'm here. Um, but I am genuinely curious. Let's like, go to Ock 2. <laughs> but what's going to happen over the next couple episodes in your guys' mind? In the meantime, like, can we expect another side quest? Are we in for some kind of resolution to Moff Gideon? Because after this episode, the Moff Gideon stuff doesn't feel like the main story to me anymore. I mean, is there going to be a confrontation before or after Tython? Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn also mentioned in this episode. Is that going to be in this show? Is that a spinoff? I, I don't know. My mind's just spinning. I don't know how there's three episodes left. I don't know what's going to happen. So where are you guys at with this? Well, 100% there will be another side mission. That's mm-hmm. just the way the show works. That's true. Um, now, but now that I'm thinking about it, they have done a really good job this season 
of even though we've had some a couple side stories throughout every episode that is a side story we've still known where we're headed like when we did the little spider storyline we knew we were going to trask Uh, and then whenever we did the side story last time we knew that we were headed to corvus so now we know we're headed to typhoon so now it is kind of time uh, for another side story. So I guess that is kind of a cool element of this season. I think I heard some of the criticisms from last season of how it was kind of aimless. Um, so at least kind of we have our new objective, but I'm sure there are going to be some side stories on the way to get there. The question is, are they going to make it to Tython or not right, right away? Will, there be, will the side stories be on Tython or they're going to have, or they're going to get into some sort of conflict on the way? Maybe Moff Gideon might interrupt them on the way. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty thinking. likely. That's what I was thinking, which would be cool because it's like, it's this weird thing where the main conflict of season one, which we thought was going to be the main conflict of season two, is now interrupting the actual main plot now of season two. So it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, we were expecting this to happen, but now there's this actual really cool goal that we're trying to reach. And now Moff Gideon, that's when he makes his move to come in. Because we know he's tracking the Razor Crest from the end of last episode. We know that he knows where they're at. He can find them. So you have to assume that that's where he's going to come into play. Like they're, they're not going to make it to Titan without seeing him. So I think that's going to be cool. And obviously now we know that he was heading the project that was harvesting um, Grogu's blood to make these clones. So he certainly can fit into that plot. So yeah, even if they don't make it, I guess what I'm saying is even if they do a side quest, if Moff Gideon's involved as like the main villain of an episode, it won't feel like a side quest. So that'll be really cool. So do you guys think we'll see Ahsoka this season? Or do you think she comes back in the third season? Maybe we'll see her again. Maybe she'll go to type, uh, Tython without telling Mando and maybe meet them there. Yeah. I was thinking that that's a possibility. I think the whole thing of her being like, have Groku go on that seeing stone, connect with the force, and basically whatever. I guess the idea is have him call out to the Jedi via the force, and if a Jedi comes, that Jedi will train him. If nobody comes, then it's up to you, Mando, basically. And I kind of read that as maybe, you know, obviously somebody could show up, but it could also be kind of Ahsoka being kind of that cagey little jedi thing where it's like actually i'm planning on coming but i want to make sure you get him there and he i want him to make his own choice and if he chooses that way then i'll be there for you so she could show up at the end but i don't expect before that would you be disappointed though if he reaches out to the force and the only jedi that shows up is one we already know being ahsoka or do you want it to be a a jedi maybe we haven't seen in the show but have seen in the other star wars uh canon or like, what what would you want from him reaching out to the Force? I think it would be be cool either way. Uh, but my question with Ahsoka is, it kind of sounds like she already has her own thing going on with this General Thawne. Right. So what's going on there? She obviously has some sort of backstory with that guy. Do you think we could get an episode uh, just solely Ahsoka focused? Not in this season. I, w- I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I would say this kind of feels like a CW type thing, Austin. Maybe you're there with me. Doesn't this kind of feel like whenever the Flash got introduced in season two of Arrow, I feel like they're going to announce at the end of the season that like there's going to be like a live action Ahsoka show on Disney Plus. And maybe that's where they pick that up. That's kind of the vibe I got. That'd be interesting. I hope they do a better job than the CW did with their <laughs> spinoff shows. Fair enough. Fair enough. So clearly that's her goal. She's trying to find Thrawn, which I know, again, without having seen it, ties it directly into the ending of her character arc on Rebels. So they're kind of continuing it here, and obviously they want to continue it in the future. Will that be on this show, The Mandalorian, or like some spinoff show? I have no idea. Either way, 
I'm going to watch it. I'm excited to watch it. But I don't know if a sequel will come up. But this is probably the time, Austin, like you mentioned at the beginning of this point. Who do you guys, like, who would you put your money on whenever Grogu calls out to the Force? Whether or not whoever shows up, like, actually takes and trains Grogu, because it kind of seems more likely that, like, somehow he'll end up with the Mando again to go on with the show. But who do you think answers that call? Like, who would you put your money on? I mean, if we, basing off the timeline, we know this is offered after Return of Jedi, so we got to think who's alive and who's a ghost. Not a lot. Yeah, so we only know Luke and Leia are alive. They're the known Jedis that are alive right now. Yeah. Rey is still a little girl. She hasn't been introduced yet, because Force Awakens take place after this, so... Uh, Luke and Leia, we got Yoda, we got maybe a ghost Obi-Wan. I hope it's a young Ben Solo. Oh, wow, Ben Solo. <laughs> no, I, I would uh, I would seriously bet it's Ahsoka Tano. That's what I think is going to happen. I think she's going to show up, and then maybe at the start of season three, we get like two episodes without the kids, she trains them, and then they're back together. I could see that. I could see that. I know the main character from Rebels, people are expecting... Um, a de-aged Mark Hamill. I know it sounds ridiculous. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if, like, they have this huge moment where they pull in Mark Hamill and they do, like, the CG de-aging like they did on Rise of Skywalker. And they just have this, like, one moment where he pops up, which would make sense for the timeline, especially if, like, you think about where the sequel trilogy goes of him starting the Jedi Order. He could answer that call. But like Keith said, I think people are kind of not thinking about the fact that it could be an even simpler solution. If he's reaching out to the Force, the first thing that came to my mind was it's going to be a Force ghost. I mean, I feel like Master Yoda is going to pop up, especially because thinking about the logistics, Frank Oz still can do the Yoda voice. It doesn't. You don't have to worry about how old he is, like timeline-wise. You just have the Yoda puppet there do the Force ghost. I mean, that's kind of what it seems like it's going to be to me, but I could be wrong. Well, and the only other thing we have to talk about here is if there is an Ahsoka sideshow, you know what that's going to mean for our show. We're going to have to become the Ahsokas talking the Thanos. I like that title better than Mando's talking the Lorian. And so, you know what? I'm down <laughs> for it. I'm ready. Or the Rosarios talking the Dawson. I like that too. I like it. Ooh. Okay. Well, it has come time for our weekly Boba Fett check-in. <laughs> I was really thinking Boba Fett was going to uh, make an appearance in this episode. Clearly, Yeah, Austin. Didn't. Austin, tell us. Tell everybody, like, you had a, I always thought you had a pretty cool, uh, like, kind of pitch for how Boba might pop in this episode. Like, remind everybody that. Yeah, my theory was that Boba Fett had a contract for Ahsoka, and that's how he was going to make an appearance and interact with the Mandalorian, and they were going to end up fighting. So, I was wrong, unfortunately. I feel like I had a good idea, but I was wrong. Um, So, what are you guys thinking now that he didn't appear in this episode? Is he not going to appear the remainder of the season? Is he going to come in in the finale? What's going to happen? Dude, I don't know. I'm nervous because I don't want to go back to Tatooine. I'm, I'm, I'm finally on board with Austin. I do not want to go back to Tatooine at this point. I feel like I'm so interested in where this like season's going. We can't go back. But if we don't go I mean, back, at this point, I, I'm worried that that's our only option. I have an idea. That somehow we go Ooh. back to Tatooine before we go to the other planet, Typhoon. I, I hope not. But Keith, please make us feel better with your idea. I have an idea here, and it's gonna it could go one of two ways. So we already know he's on his way to Tython. He's gonna get. Most likely, like we said, he might get interrupted on the way to Tython. So let's say Moff Gideon comes in and interrupts him, sends a bunch of TIE fighters out. His, He's the, got his giant Star Destroyer. The Razor Crest, yeah, the Razor Crest is getting ambushed by all these ships. Who comes out to save him? Slave One, Boba Fett. <laughs> Somehow track them down <laughs> and start shooting a lot of TIE fighters. That's that's possibility one. Possibility number two is Moff Gideon never interrupts him on uh, never interrupts him on the tie, on the way to Tython, and Boba Fett comes in as more of like a bad guy and and starts going after the Razor Crest in Slave One. And the third option is that 
I don't know how it would work, but obviously, as we talked about in episode one, um, as we know from Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett and the Bounty Hunters are clearly known by the Empire. Darth Vader literally hired them to do a job. So I guess with the remnants of the Empire, Moff Gideon could be aware of them. And maybe because of the Mandalorian connection, I, I why would it make sense? I'm not entirely sure, but he could hire Boba Fett to track him and maybe we get oh, that okay. same thing you're Kinda talking about. Kind of playing on my idea a little bit. I still feel like Austin's pitch, though, which I was always excited about, of the whole idea of regardless of if they come together for like um, as enemies originally, I do feel like they're going to end up coming together because of their Mandalorian connection and because of our Mando being who he is and Boba being kind of this weird outsider that isn't really a Mandalorian. He wasn't even kicked out. He was just a clone of somebody that got kicked out of the Mandalorian and he picked up his father's armor. They might be able to kind of bond over this shared religion and desire to kind of be a part of something bigger and the whole connection to Mandalore. So they could kind of come together as friends and who knows how Bubba will tie in. But Austin, all this being said, I'm still, as each episode goes by, I am getting more and more nervous that my dumb joke prediction at the beginning of this season that we'll never see Boba again. <laughs> they, were, they just showed us that shot of him to be like, you know who's still alive? Boba Fett. And then we never see him again. I am nervous. That is, that is still a distinct possibility in the show. Well, what if this happens? One more possibility. What if, like, a bunch of shit goes down on Tython, the main story just kind of plays out, we're not seeing Boba, but at the very end of the last episode, something brings him back to Tatooine, and then there he meets Boba oh, at the end no. of the season. No Tatooine, Keith. No Tatooine. I know, I know you don't like Here, it. Here, hold but... on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to give you a better version. Let's say the final episode... The call is answered. Young Mark Hamill via CG shows up or somebody shows up. Ahsoka. I don't care who it is. They show up and they're like, Grogu, you've chosen your path to be the Jedi. You've accepted the force. I'm going to train you. Come with me. And then they Mando and he have this tearful goodbye. And as Mando in the final minute of the, of season two, as he's flying away from Tython, that's when. We hear the shot come out and hit the ship and everything's going on. There's alarms going off. And that's when Slave One has made their attack. After he's handed off Grogu, Boba Fett is the final shot of the season trying to take down Mando because he wants his armor back. And that's about it. I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> that's actually an interesting point that you bring up there, Matt. Not not the Boba Fett point, but there there is a way for when Baby Yoda reaches out to the Force, the Jedi shows up, says you've taken your steps... There is a way for for Baby Yoda to exit this show. Maybe not entirely, but maybe for a season. And we just have a, a new season of The Mandalorian uh, with his own like new quest line almost. I would really like him to exit. Yeah, I, I'd like him to exit for just a couple episodes. Just so we can have that kind of progression. Just so it could feel like Grogu is actually moving forward with this training that would be cool it doesn't have to be the whole show in fact i don't think it should be i think the whole pitch of the, i mean that was the end of the pilot episode so the whole the whole idea is mando and baby yoda together so i'm down with that i want them to kind of be this weird buddy duo that goes around on these adventures i'm down with that but i would like to see maybe him just like kind of peace out for a couple episodes just to train a bit and understand more of his path and all that good stuff and what that could mean so and back to our boba fett points i don't think there's a way for Boba Fett and Mando to meet on peaceful terms if Baby Yoda is involved. Because I think we're forgetting 
a young Boba Fett watched the Jedi's lop off his father's head. So <laughs> Mace I don't Windu, think yeah. there is a way for Boba Fett to be on board with helping Mando and Baby Yoda. There I might know. be a way for just Boba Fett and Mando to interact, but I don't know if there's a way for Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett, and Baby Yoda to interact peacefully. Do you think John Favreau specifically wrote Baby Yoda to be a baby so he didn't have to write dialogue backwards every other sentence of the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, does Baby does Baby Yoda have to talk like Yoda did? Maybe that was just Yoda's choice. I was I'm thinking assuming. that during this episode watching, I was like, is he ever going to talk? you think he'll talk at some point during this series? Probably be the last line of the show. Go, 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 go. <laughs> It would have been funny if, like, after they talk, like, Ahsoka comes out and she's like, I have no fucking idea what this guy said. It was really confusing. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, guys, this has been a fun episode. Even throughout the entirety of our Star Wars series, I don't think we've had a chance to really, like, kind of all be on the same page about enjoying a piece of this franchise. So this was fun. I'm kind of of glad we all got a chance to nerd out together over this episode. Yeah, and I think between all 11 episodes of our Star Wars series we did and discussions of Mando season one and our discussion so far, we've never really gotten this, like you said, like, you know, for lack of a better term, nerdy. And I love that term, but we've never gotten like this in depth just on little things when it came to Star Wars. And I think it's just because we were really genuinely interested in what was going on in this episode and theories and what could happen. So it clearly this episode hit us a bit different than the others. And it was great. All right, everybody. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, that really is the best way to help us continue to grow this show. We'll be back on Tuesday for our main episode, which this week will be a trivia showdown. And of course, we'll be back on Sunday for the return of the Mandos talking to Lorians, and we'll be talking the Mandalorian episode six. Hell yeah, everybody. And like Austin mentioned, we have lots of great episodes. You can go check your podcast feeds, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We have lots of great episodes out there. Like we just mentioned, we've been doing reviews of every single episode of Mandalorian Season 2 as they come out. We did a whole 11-episode in-depth response and review and all that good stuff to each of the Star Wars films. Austin and I just broke down Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which not as in-depth as this one, not as much to talk about. Basically, just the game's broken, but we still like it. There's kind of your uh, (laughs) TLDR version (laughs) of that. (laughs) Please go listen to it, though. (laughs) Please do. It's still great. We talked for it about an hour, and it was still really interesting. And then we, of course, did, to celebrate Thanksgiving, we had to do another bracket. We broke down what is the best sports movie of all time, and it got a bit heated. There were moments where we all decided, you know what? I don't know if we can be friends after this, but you know what? Even though we're not friends anymore, we have to still do this podcast. And guess what? We are back next month for a holiday bracket. What holiday movie is best? Will we rekindle our friendship on that episode or will we decide to become enemies worse than not being friends? I have no idea. It's going to get bad, but I'm still happy to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we don't even talk anymore uh, unless it's on the podcast. So I know. I know. You guys look great, by the way. <laughs> That's the rule. Let's be recording for us to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So check us out on Instagram. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode of The Mandalorian. We got season six or season two, episode six coming out next week. We just had our sports bracket come out. Uh, let us know if you agree with the outcome of that. We, and like Matthew said, we also have, and it's going to get crazy. I think this one might be the most heated, the uh, best Christmas movies 
bracket coming soon. Ooh, I'm nervous. There's some funny ones on there. There's some jolly ones on there. There's some just plain shitty ones on there too. So it's going <laughs> to yeah. get pretty heated. So uh, yeah, check us out. Yeah, and that social handle is at the Arnie's. And that's going to do it for us today, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday. And then we'll be back on Sunday again for The Mandalorian. Bye, everyone. This is the way. This is the way.